0: Justin Tucker, the senior, on to try a 40-yard field goal out of the hold of Cade McCreary. The final play of the rivalry. Good snap and hold. Tucker's kick is up. Justin's kick is good! It's good!
1: We're live, brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it has been a bad week. And it started last Thursday with the Cowboys lost and then Longhorns going into Fayetteville and getting an ass whooping there. And then turn around on Sunday. I didn't even have anybody playing on Monday night. Fantasy football go 0 1. I think you won this week in fantasy football. So it was a rough week. And it just seems like it's been long. Um, I know you've had a long week at work as well. That's why I think we didn't wind up doing a show on Monday. Same here. But it's nice. I just want to get this bad taste out of my mouth. Um, and what better way to do it is do a Thursday night live talk pregame, talk about probably a little bit about you know uh, Casey Thompson, talk a little bit about uh, Pete Kwiatkowski's defense, and I think what to expect from from a from a defensive side of the ball. Talk a little bit of Rice in Texas, and uh, kind of see where it goes in the comments. Yeah, you described it as a bad week. Yeah, N- normally when I have a,
0: a we have a loss, it's a hangover, right? It, it lasts through Sunday and some of Monday, but this one stings really, really bad. Like. Like you said, it's been hard to watch film. It's been hard to, to to listen to the pundits on on social media, on sports radio, talk about this Texas team since Saturday night's uh, debacle slash massacre slash whatever you want to call it in Arkansas. But hey, you got to turn the page, man. And in, in, in pro team sports, you know you you got to take the losses and, and learn from them and get better. That's all you can do. Uh, you can't you know worry about or. or Rest on your laurels or, or mourn like we do because you got to go to practice on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to get ready for rice. So I'm, I'm excited to, for seven o'clock on Saturday night to, to, to get back on the football field. So this team has an opportunity to make a good account for
1: this. Yeah absolutely you know I, I'm, I'm looking at us but I also want to kind of look at Arkansas as they move forward um, I, I'm not sure who they play this weekend I know they they get text Am September 25th I believe um, is is maybe their next big game but definitely kind of excited to kind of see where they go through through the, through the year and, and how they finish so you know uh kind of going from there man uh thoughts on Casey Thompson starting uh, this game
0: going into the season in hindsights 2020 I know that me and you felt that Casey Thompson coming into fall camp. We talked about, talked about it on our arms race where you took Casey's credentials and talked about him. And I took Hudson's credentials and talked about him. And at the end of that video, we talked about how we felt that Casey Thompson was going to win the quarterback job headed into fall. And then late into falls camp, you heard the talk of Hudson Carr taking the job. All Casey Thompson has done when he hits, he, he plays between the white lines is score points. Every time he's on the field, he puts the ball in the end zone or gets them in field goal range, and they kick a field goal. So, in my mind, the kid said it himself. He trusts himself. Steve Sarkeesian made this move. Casey Thompson was always going to play in game one and game two. It sounds like Hudson is going to still maybe get playing time behind Casey. Uh, but I'm excited to see what this kid can do because he's proved it on the football field. Like, every time he gets the ball in his hands, the team moves down the field and scores. Or he at least moved to the 50-yard line to put the opposing team in, in bad field position.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it comes down to decisiveness, and we'll get into a little bit of that. I, I have some numbers from pro football folks I want to bring up. It- it's, th- it's about decisiveness, and-, and there's two plays I kind of want to go back to when we're looking at this Arkansas game, and I, I don't want to go too much back into the Arkansas game, but I want to bring up two two plays. Um, there was a third and 11. Um, I think it was third and six. Wound up getting a false start penalty, if I'm not mistaken. It puts it at third and 11, and this was the, this was the play right before the do- debacle with the punt, the-, the drop punt. If you go back and look at it, um, and I'll get into, again, I'll get into the numbers. He goes back specifically to that play. Again, they're, they're, they're rushing three guys. I think you had five offensive linemen, two offensive linemen were blocking one guy. You had two of them that were double-teaming two players. And then the other one, I think it was Majors, was one-on-one, I think, with the nose guard. And there was space. There was space for days. And then you, you kind of look around and you see Bijan over to the right-hand side of, of the screen. And you kind of scroll back a little bit. You see that there's probably 12, 13 yards between Bijan Robinson and, and the next defender. That's one play, and that, that was Hudson Card. And then you go back to um, the first play when Casey Thompson came into the game in the second half. The first play was actually a, hey, look at me, Jordan Winnington. Uh, Brewer had a guy lined up on him. I think Xavier they I think it was three-by-one set. Uh, one, and run, one running back, Brewer was, was out, um, extended out. I think he had someone on him. And then Xavier Worthy had someone over the top of him. And then Whittington was in, in the middle. And he, I think he had, a, a, I think, a safety because they were playing three three safeties. He had a safety probably 12 to 15 yards back. So what'd he do? He said, he look at me, look at me. They looked at each other. And what'd he do? He tossed that ball out to Casey, or he, Casey t- tossed that ball out to uh, to Whittington for like seven or eight yards. And I think that's the way you had to play with this, really, this three down, eight defenders back. You had to find, use those wide receiver screens. Well, we'll get into that a little bit more with the numbers. Yeah, I,
0: just, I think he brings a more decisive. He's more decisive in the game plan. More decisive with his throws. More decisive when he drops, takes the ball down and runs. Uh, I just think he has more experience, and it shows with how he plays and how he how he sees see how he sees the game downfield. Uh, but again, this is his first start because he didn't start the Colorado game. He hasn't started these two games, so he's the guy they're preparing for this week. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what he brings. But I think decision making is one of those things. And I did happen to hear. On uh, 104.9 The Fan, Rod Babers talk about, and Kevin Nunn talk about the leadership styles of Casey Thompson and how it's more in line with what this football team recently has had with a guy like Sam Ellinger. A get-in-your-face kind of guy who's more outspoken, who's an outspoken leader. And guys in the chat are talking about, you know, Hudson's a more reserved guy. Hudson doesn't sound confident when he speaks. Uh, You're getting totally different or totally opposite with Casey Casey's, you know, press review this week. He was kind of, you know, somebody asked about losing the job. He said, I didn't lose the job. You know, so Coach Sarkeesian chose to pick somebody else then. Now I'm the guy. So I'm going to take this job and move forward. So he's very confident. He's a raw, raw, get in your face, more outspoken leader, uh, than most. So, uh, yeah, so that, I think this thing you're getting with is decisiveness and leadership at this point.
1: I just want to put this out real quick. Uh, Queen B, she actually tweeted at us today on uh, on, on Twitter. She uh, put a, a picture of a English ball bulldog up there snoring. I'm not sure if Jeremy's seen that yet. I mean, um, she, she, she put that up there um, talking about the postgame show. Yeah, the post game show from from last Saturday. But I know she's been she's got three tickets here for anybody watching tonight. She's got three tickets. It's probably going to be a really really good time with her um, at the stadium. I think she was talking about towards the end zone. Um, she wants to hang out with somebody, just uh, hit her up on, on Twitter, send her a DM. Uh, she has two tickets available. Um, I want to make sure that, that she, she gets two people to go with her this weekend to the game. She didn't get those high dollar tickets. It looks like for, that she had uh, for the first game against Louisiana. She was up there with the BMDs for the last one. Yeah. I think leadership, obviously, you know, the, going back to this leadership thing, I think they have to have someone that's going to come on the sideline and, and and be that, that it guy, that guy that's going to be out there pumping them up and moving them, you know, I, at this particular point, to have someone reserved, I don't. I don't think that you always have to have um, a quarterback or, or, or a leader that has to, to be the, the 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 raw raw guy. But I think at this particular point, I, I think it'd be best for the team if they did have that. You know, somebody just continue to build the motivation up because I think where it sucks at, man, I think where we're worked at is you had the defense that was put in bad positions the entire second or the first half and gave up what in the red zone they had they had what a, a touchdown and then they gave up three field goals um to equal 19 or 16 points 16. I think you I think you've had somebody on the side of the ball like if Casey Thompson said man hang in there we're going to eventually get it we're going to eventually get it we're going to eventually get it um and then you know BJ Foster goes down and gets a touchdown I think at that particular point you're trying to gain momentum but if you have you don't have a leader that's sitting there pushing the team through that third quarter I think that's when it can all fall apart
0: and and, and I kind of got on the player personnel stuff uh in the postgame show the other day I was like why is Jet Bush Playing so early, why is this guy playing so early? Like, why are reserved defensive linemen in the game just getting toasted? And, and it was because that probably Bob Davis and Jeff Choate and, and the defensive guys saw that they had they were tired. Uh, and the reason why they retired is because we didn't play complimentary football. Like you said, the, the, the halftime de- deficit was sixteen to nothing. They drove the ball down our throats, and we weren't able to get anything started on offense to give those defensive linemen a break, and thus it kind of fed on you.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, and I think it's just over and over again, and we'll get into the really the defensive part of it uh, here in a few, in a few segments. Uh, let's talk about blaming the O-line. Let's talk about the offensive line real quick. So if you went back and looked at Pro Football Focus's numbers from a, from a pop pass blocking uh, standpoint and a, in a, in a run block standpoint, um, they actually graded out higher against Arkansas than they did Louisiana. But I want to run some numbers by you real quick. Um, there's, a st- there's an actual stat on here called the, the TTT, which is the average time to throw on all dropbacks. I'm going to give you a couple of the numbers. So, you got KJ Henderson, obviously the Arkansas quarterback, at 2.39 seconds to throw the ball in a clean pocket. Spencer Rattler this last week, 2.63 seconds. Bryce Young, 2.56 seconds, and Hudson Card um, almost doubled them in time with 4.23 seconds. You think that's a decision making issue?
0: I do. You're not you're not seeing the things pre snap that lead you to those quick, decisive throws. And once you get the ball in your hands, you're not continuing to look downfield. You're dropping your head, you're tapping the ball, and you're not getting the ball out of your hands. Like you just said, the best teams in the country. Spencer Rattler, 2.63 seconds in a clean pocket. Bryce Young for Alabama, 2.56 seconds with a clean pocket. And Hudson had the ball for 4.23 seconds. Again, again, he's holding on to the ball too long. And when he when he has a lane to run, he's not taking off. Like that, that's he's totally in between. Like he doesn't know when to, when to tuck it and run and he doesn't know when to, a, you uh, know, let it rip, but it's definitely a pre snap problem. Like in Steve Sarkeesian's offense, you should, and the way we understand it, the way we've watched his coaching film is that everything's pre snap. Like it tells you where to go with the ball in his RPO offense. So, so, so I don't know if it's late moving by the defense is kind of throwing them off where guys are coming down and moving back and he he's not seeing it, but, but yeah, definitely it's, it's indecisiveness in my mind.
1: Yeah, it's I actually sent Jeremy a tweet this week, um, and I think he had read it before I sent it to him. It's something we kind of looked at before. And you go back to, you know, when Hudson Cart was going through the Elite 11. And he wound up finishing number five out out, out of those quarterbacks that go to that, you know, that elite uh, quarterback um, showing in in the summer of their senior year uh, before they head off to college. He actually finished number five. But one of the things they knocked him on was taking too many sacks. And I think you, you watch him walk into a few sacks, uh, last weekend, uh, one particular with the nose guard. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like you, you have all the space around you because the pocket, if you, if you look at the pocket, pocket is, I believe seven, seven, seven wide and, or I think it's five foot wide, seven foot. Back is what they consider the pocket when you're talking about pocket space. Um, and you only have three rushers. It's to me, I don't know how you can walk yourself into a sack, but I think you've seen it multiple times. Um, and I think it's just, he, he's either got his head up, his head down, or indecisive if he wants to run the bar, throw it. But moving forward, got Casey Thompson. So we'll kind of see uh, where it goes this week. I think to me, and I'm just going to kind of throw that out there. Um, I think once Casey takes his job this week, I don't think, I don't think you're going to probably see him relinquish rel- rel- it um, moving forward into the season. So. Yeah, I really, I really hope he takes it and runs with
0: it, like you said, for the next nine games that we don't have to. And again, I, I really don't think that you have to play both at this point. You've seen what one guy could do in extended time, and I see guys talking about they should have pulled him. I felt half was the, the time to go, you know, to put Casey out there. Some guys are saying after the first quarter, but I think you got your guy now, and and I think only bringing Hudson Card in the game would now stop that momentum. Like, like let Casey run with this thing. For the next nine games to see what happens. Because if you switch them again, you can't go back to them in my mind.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, a little bit about defense because somebody brought up in the postgame uh, show, you know, we could talk about quarterback, probably the Casey Thompson, the Hudson Card thing. We'll probably talk about that over the next hour, but we're going to go ahead and move on to the defense. Somebody brought up um, Pete Kwiatkowski's defense and, and how it, it gives up a lot of running yards. So I wanted to go back and kind of deep dive into Pete Kwiatkowski's numbers a little bit. Like I said, we had someone comment the run defenses weren't very strong under PK at Washington. He's going to play a bend, don't break type of defense. Relies on stopping the offenses in of the red zone. If you go back and look at our numbers currently, we've had ten attempts in the red zone, seven scores, uh, one rushing touchdown, two passing touchdowns, and, and four field goals. And if you look at it currently, thirty points in the red zone is what you've given up. Uh, out of those seven, out of the or out of those ten uh, attempts, you're looking at thirty. So you're looking at average three points every time you get into the red zone, which is damn good. If I can, if I can hand out a field goal versus a touchdown every time, we'll take it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a plus four every time you go down and score a touchdown. Uh, 18 points outside the red zone. So obviously those are plays bigger than 20 yards that have gotten you. So you're looking at 18 points, and some of those maybe field goals, long field goals as well. Um, currently in the top 10 of Power 5 schools, currently sitting at 70% red zone percentage uh, on defense, which I think moving into – the rest of the season has to be a positive. We finished in 2020 we finished at about 83%. So every time that the opponent got down to the red zone, they scored 83% of the time. Currently we're sitting at 70% of the time and majority of those are field goals versus touchdowns.
0: Yeah, again, you you have to be happy with with that kind of numbers for for red zone defense. Problem is, like I said, and I'll go back to what I thought last year, you're not playing complimentary football. Like you have you can't go drive after drive after drive because yeah, three is better than seven, but if you're not putting up anything, then threes add up to 16. You only got to score one touchdown the first half. You still got 16 points and you're winning by two more than two scores. So you, once you hold them to field goals, you've got to go down and put something on the board. And, and that's where we struggled in the first half of this game and it wore our defense out and, and led to us getting beat eventually 40 to 21.
1: And it might have been our our guy, Charles, you know, he he shows up for every, every show and I appreciate him. I really do. He can't, he said PK has never been good for us to run, go back and look Stanford, uh, Utah, Oregon, uh, Bama, Stanford's going to put up a bunch of yards on you because that's what they do anyway. It's a, it's a, it's a a 12 personnel. Let me, you know, I formation, let me run the ball down your throat. And that's what we're going to do 60, 60 times out of the 80 times that we do it. So I kind of want to give you some numbers here, Uh, you know, going back to averages and we'll start with 2019 you know, 129 yards against the rush, 222 yards uh, per game average with the pass. 2018, you're looking at 116 yards uh, per game with rush, 190 yards per game with the pass. 100, uh, 2017, 101 yards rushing yards per game um, there at Washington, 197 yards per game uh, with the pass, and in 2016, uh, a little higher uh, than all the rest of them, 133 yards per per rush or per per game for the rush, and then 183 yards uh For pass play, and I'll take a 183 yards and 133 yards on the game, 133 yards on the ground and 180 yards, 88 yards in the passing game all day long. You're talking yeah. 330, 310 total yards average. Yeah. So yeah, I think right. he's willing to let up, let the run get out there a little bit and let make his linebackers be able to play in space. And I think that's what it comes down to. He's, I think the runs are always probably going to get to that second level. But those linebackers have to fill gaps and have to make plays in space. And I think you're just going to see a lot of underneath coverage where guys are going to be able to catch the ball. Let them get to the 20 yard line. But once you get to that 20 yard line, it's it's let's let's stop them uh, from scoring a touchdown, make them kick a field goal. And I think that's how he's kept it under 20 points average over the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, his worst year,
0: real quick, math in public is 351, 351 total yards in 2019. If you give me 351 total yards, and like you said, his his red zone defense is as good as it is. It rush and his rush defense really isn't a problem. I'll take that each and every week. Unfortunately, this last Saturday that wasn't the case. You got ran on for dug on 330 something yards. You know, like well, all we know is last week, and so what we need to find out is is if we can consistently get better. Because Rice probably isn't going to be the one that's going to going to tell you. But you got Texas Tech and then TCU and then Oklahoma right after that. Like you've got to get better over these last, you know, next few games as you get ready for for Big Twelve season.
1: Yeah, I just don't want to shoot down. I don't want. To, I'm not going to go in here and shoot our staff down. I'm going to be like, oh, you know, PK, who has done this consistently year after yeah. year after year, who has one of the top defenses in the country, in a country that a lot of guys would like to steal would probably steal from us. You know what I'm saying? They probably couldn't go out there and get that played for a damn good coach that said it's probably the best hire that you probably have this year. That's what people think about it. So I don't want to sit here after after one game against Arkansas and say, okay, we give it up three hundred and thirty-three yards. If you go back, go back and look at the defense, man, for the first half. I think that's what I think that's where I'm looking at it. Over time, eventually your defense is going to wear down because your offense is going three and out, three and out, three and out the entire game. Your thoughts, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, no, I said that. And like that's why you played bad in the second half. You missed tackles in the second half. But yeah, guys aren't doing the research that you're doing. That's why they just say PK had a bad defense because they're probably not going back and looking at the history not looking at what he's given up over, you know, his career at Washington. They're just associating him with a bad run defense just because they gave up 333 yards last, last week. But, again, that's that's how we live. You know, it's what have you done for me lately. This is a – especially with this fan base, you know, like there's been three offensive coordinators for three years. There's been three defensive coordinators for three years. You can't start, you know, like you said, start looking to fire uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Kyle Flood, and, and Pete uh, because of one performance, but at the same time, you want to see this team get consistently better. Like understanding the scheme, be in the right spot, and, and play complementary football to where your defense is, and get more down in the first half, and they have something left in the second. Uh, but I also
1: don't want, I also don't want to use that as an excuse either. I, I no, don't. That's what I'm use, saying I don't want to use the the the. Well, we didn't. We can't. We can't stay on the field, so our defense gets gets a bye every week because our def, our offense is not staying on the field. Because I'm, I'm going to go back to the Colorado Texas A&M game. That was a real bad situation. And that, you know, um, I think, you know, Haynes Key getting what injured in the second, you know, the, the second snap of the game and then Calzada having to come in. That defense, the only one that held that damn game together. The entire time. If you're talking about three and outs and all kinds of other stuff. It was a that was a flimsy ass game. So I wanna I don't want to give it as an excuse every weekend to think that the just because the offense doesn't show up that the defense, you know, has an op, you know, just to lay an egg the second half. That's when your defense should be stepping up for your offense if they're not having a good game. Cause I think that's part of that complimentary football as well.
0: And, and, and that was the most discouraging thing is when you got 16-7 or 16 nothing coming out of half. You go down, you punt, right? Same, same thing, right? You go down and punt. And then they get the football back and BJ makes a hell of an interception, you know, a tip ball interception to himself. Go down and score it now at 16-7. That's the time I need my defense to bow their neck and not let them get down the field. Maybe it's time for one of those field goals because I'm still within two scores, you know. But going down and getting a touchdown and run the ball down our throat again was unacceptable. Like you said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make excuses for anyone. What I am gonna say is it's a lot easier to to do it if you have more time on the sidelines. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Like that was the time I never Clown them for the 16 points they gave up in the first half. I, I, I was just disappointed whenever they gave up a touchdown after we felt like we had the momentum back.
1: Absolutely. That's one of those ones we take down with that, note. Um, that, because I, I tell you, I don't do anything, but I don't do anything with that live chat that jeremy has got going on on the YouTube. All I'm doing is sitting in the room by myself and I'm writing notes down. And that's one of the ones I always write down is, is momentum changes. You know what I'm saying? What happens after, you know, drop a punt, you know, or, you know, I don't know, drop a punt and then punt it what to, what, 10-yard line? How does the defense step up? What did the defense do? They stepped up and they got, what, uh, a three and out and, you know, Arkansas had to kick uh, a field goal. You know, same thing. What happens after B.J. Foster's interception? We go down, we score, uh, you know, score, you know, a touchdown. Comment is, how how does the defense, after we score, how do they play? Um, And unfortunately, I think they gave up the largest pass. I think it was the largest pass. A reception of the game on that same drive and wind up letting them go down there and score now it's what twenty three to twenty three to seven. At that particular point, like we talked talked about a little bit on the on the on the on the Pope's game too is you would have hoped that they were probably gonna bring Casey Thompson in at the beginning of the second half versus let it get out of hand at 33 to seven or whatever it was and then to try to have him come in by you know come back behind with that rockish crowd in, in Arkansas that night. Wanna talk a little bit of Rice. Yeah we're we'll talking a little bit of Rice. We'll talk a little bit of Rice. Let's 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 move on from Arkansas man. I, I think right, that was rough post game Wanted to get it out of here, talk a little bit about, you know, obviously the quarterback situation, talk a little bit about uh, defense. What do they have returning? They got nine starters on offense, nine starters on offense, 10 starters on defense. Um, and they played a lot of snaps. That defense currently, if you're looking at their leaders, you know, on offense, we'll go offense first. Uh, quarterback, um, you have McCaffrey, younger brother of. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I think he was a transfer out of Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. I think he actually played in Colorado last year when we played him in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. 14 out of 29, 161 yards, uh, one touchdown, three interceptions, uh, rushing leader is Griffin, 32 carries, 121 yards. And then Petrie, the third is, uh, four receptions for 97 yards, one touchdown. Currently 103 yards per game is what, what is, is where they're at as far as rushing and then 160, 156 yards per, uh, per game. They've given up five sacks and, aren't doing so good in the red zone, kind of where we're at, where we're doing really well is they're currently three for seven in the red zone uh, from the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. So it's a team that's not as talented as you. I mean, talk about the
0: offensive side. So again, we need to see our defensive front make plays. We need to see our defensive backs lock down their receivers uh, because they're not a very good offensive football team. But again, we we are not going to make the mistake uh, of discounting anyone, especially on this channel so so they're going to come into Austin ready to play ball. Uh, they're a bunch of smart kids. Rice is a very pristine university as far as academics. so They're smart kids. But, yeah, we just got to go out there and put pressure on the quarterback, McCaffrey, and, and get him get him rattled and, and then stop the run. It's pretty simple.
1: Yeah. Nebraska. McCaffrey was the, the backup quarterback at Nebraska and then transferred to, to Rice. Hey, I appreciate that. Lando 7448. Appreciate you, man. You know, BJ's BJ's uh, interception was incredible, but the receiver was behind him. Uh, one foot less vertical and it's a TD. That, that's in any game. Uh, your job is to, to me, your job is to is to play the ball as you see it. And um, B.J. did what he was supposed to do. He had a, I don't give a damn, man. B.J. played a hell of a game that on Saturday. Anthony Cook, the same thing. These guys from that 2018 class, for some reason, have not developed over the last three years under the other coaching staffs. They love them. They love them. And, and I think they would have loved them in 2018 if they'd had an opportunity to develop these guys coming out of high school. So definitely, definitely ex- excited where B.J. Foster and and, and Anthony Cook are going. Like Jeremy said, I don't want to take any team for granted anymore. I've decided I didn't even put on our notes today that we're going to make projections on the game. That's the way I feel. We'll probably go back to that next week. I want to get through Rice. Let's get get through Rice, then get to Texas Tech, and we'll probably go through projections. I didn't even put them on here, so no takes um, on this pregame show tonight. This guy right here said, Andy Arena, what is Clint talking about? B.J. got abused last week. Please, Andy, please let us know what your comments are because I, I definitely didn't see that. He was actually the highest rated person, pro football focus. He played, he, he had three plays back to back to back that probably kept us in the game uh, a lot longer than what we should have been in the game. So please, please explain that to me, Andy or Arena. All right, on to Rice defense. 10 returning starters. Uh played lots of snaps, like I said, allowed less than 20 points in the 2020 campaign. Some of the things you're probably going to expect from them: um, they expect coverage uh, changes, man zone combination thereof in multiple fronts. They're going to play even and odd fronts. Probably going to see a lot of run blitzes. They seen that if they see what worked for Arkansas, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if you don't see some stunts, you don't see some you know run blitzes to 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 slow down Bijan in, in that running back uh, game. That's that's what I would do if if I'm if I'm Rice and I'm a defensive coordinator. They know that you're going to run uh, Bijan. They're gonna, if you're trying to run Bijan a lot. I'm probably going to do a lot of stunning and a lot of run blitz as well um, through two games. They've given up 194 yards uh, rushing and 188 yards uh, passing. So obviously these teams are taking an opportunity to run on them, played Arkansas a lot better than we did in the first half a couple of weeks ago. I think they were tied 17 to 17 at the half. Um, and then after the half, Arkansas kind of ran through them and, and the game wasn't very close at the end of that one.
0: I'm excited that, that Casey's going to see a team that that does have a lot of coverages and a lot of fronts that they're going to throw at him because I'm interested to see how our offensive game plan changes with a different quarterback under center. Uh are we gonna have like folks are talking about him airing the ball out like he did against Cavante to Calvante to, to Dixon in the Alamo Bowl? Is he gonna, you know, what 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 is what is the game plan differences for Casey going against this right defense? But yeah, um, like you said, they played better against Arkansas than we did in the first half. Uh, we're not gonna disrespect anybody need to go out there and uh and play ball. But yeah, I'm excited to see what the difference is as far as the scheme. Uh, with Casey Thompson as a quarterback against this Rice defense. But, yeah, that's in return to starters. Played a lot of snaps. Again, they're experienced, and, and they're smart, and they're going to throw a lot of things at him, and I'm sure he's going to be ready
1: to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully I think it's the a rest important- of the team is. But I think it's important that that, that you have a team that's going to do that. I, I would hate for, you know, go back a couple of years and look at the Rice teams that you played, and, and there were probably a blowout by the by the second quarter. That's where you wanted to be at. But I definitely want, after you took that loss in Arkansas, I, I definitely, with, with Casey coming in, you definitely want, you know, guys, you know, uh, on the other side of the ball that are experienced, that, that have time playing, that played a lot of snaps, they are going to give you multiple looks. Because you want to be able to fix those things you need to with a new quarterback moving into – Big 12 play, uh, which will be the following weekend, I think at 11 o'clock on against Texas uh, Texas Tech. And then obviously the probably the bigger game after Texas Tech, we don't want to look too far, is that TCU, that road, that road game at TCU is probably gonna be the one that's gonna tell you how your season's gonna wind up going if I was to look at it now. Because you got Texas Tech at home. Um, next road game will will be at TCU, which is a is a bad place to be. And let me see here. On to what we want to see. What do you want to see, man, from 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 the team this weekend, man, against uh Rice?
0: Like you said, the offensive line didn't grade out again for a second straight week. Post mortem, as well as bad as we thought they did, but again, I I still need them to dominate. I I need them to move people off the ball, especially in an odd man front, to 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 knock the the defensive lineman back into the into the second level. I I need to see, like you said, that Hudson had four point two three seconds. I need to see our quarterback take advantage of those four point two three seconds and make the right read and make the right throw. Uh, but that's the first
1: two things that I'm going to see right off, the ju- right off the jump from the opposite side of football. Yeah, to me, it's about starting fast. If we're going to have this moniker all gas, no brakes, which at this particular point, it felt like the brakes have been you know hit. We we pulled the emergency brake at this particular point. I want to see start fast. Um, I don't care if it's drive down the field and, and get a field goal. We need to put points on the board before our opponents do. And for some reason – Not just this coaching staff, but the coaching staff's moving forward over the last, you know, damn near five, six, seven years. It felt like we've always played from behind in the first quarter. I I need to see that this coaching staff can put together a a set of plays that's going to have us go down the field and and drive and score before our opponents do. That's the first thing I want to see against Rice. Please, Lord, let us not let not Rice score before us. I probably won't be able to handle it, have to take a double dose of uh, blood pressure medication. So you're not
0: so so you're not a guy that's going to defer the second half. You want the ball to go down and
1: score. Go down, and score, man. Go down. I, I got to at this particular point. We have to. I feel like we're always playing from behind, and definitely don't want to play from behind. Play discipline. Play physical. I think you have to play uh, play discipline. Uh, too many too many false starts, holding penalties. Um, I think it starts with playing discipline. But at the same time, play physical. There's no reason that Rice should out physical either one of our offense or of our line, offense or defensive lines this week. If if Steve Sarkisian is saying, "Hey, these guys, these five guys are going to play together, and we want them to meld, and we want them to continue to play together," these guys, these five guys, got to be able to play together well. And I think this is a game. If you're going to use this, is an opportunity for a scrimmage. Let's use it. Get these guys to meld. Figure out what we do really, really well from a, from an offensive line standpoint, and, and just focus on that moving forward. With saying that though, I want these young guys to be able to play on the offensive line as well. Cause I really want to see Johnson, Hayden Connor, Andre Carrick. I think these guys need to have an opportunity to, to, to play as well, just so that we can get some Kyle Flood can see him in action on, on game day. Yeah, I agree. I'm just trying to find a, a comment earlier because I want to talk about
0: garbage time. I know our buddy Greg Lane earlier up in the chat was talking about, you know, Hudson, because I, I said, you know, Hudson doesn't need to play. You know, all that can do is bring more talk. Uh, if Casey's doing the job, just leave him out there and let him let him do his job. And Greg was talking about garbage time, you know, needing to develop Hudson in garbage time. I think this is probably the last game you're going to have such a thing as garbage time, as I currently see it. I hope not. I hope we're able to beat teams by two or three touchdowns when Big Twelve play begins. Uh, but this may be that that opportunity to see Hayden Connor, to see Tyler Johnson, to see Isaiah Hookfin, to see those guys, you know, across the offensive line that that may have an opportunity to spell. Or, or take somebody's job at this point, uh, but like you said, that the I wanted some jobs to get taken on on Saturday. You know, like you said, going back and looking through the analysis, probably not necessarily the case. Uh, but at the same time, I want to see some of these young offensive linemen come in here and perform, especially those guys we've heard about, like Andre Kerr, Tyler Hook, Tyler Tyler Johnson, Isaiah Hook, Finn, and then Hayden Connor.
1: Yeah, uh, play four quarters. You're, you're talking about ha- having guys be able to rotate out this game. I, I think I think you need to play four quarters. Play four quarters strong, uh, there's no reason that your second team shouldn't be able to come do, come in and do the same thing that your first team is doing against this team this weekend. And I'm not saying they're not a good team, uh, but from a, from a talent standpoint, there's no way that we should not play four quarters this weekend and put up a four quarter score. And what I mean by that, there, there's no way that we can't put go up into the 40s and there's no way that we can't keep them under 10 points because we shouldn't allow them any to me. Uh, that garbage time, points, and all that other stuff, it's got to go away this weekend. you got to get your guys back in focus before Big 12 starts, and I think that's the way you do it. And plus, they're going to be focused. I have no doubt the team's going to show up on Saturday ready to play. Yeah. I have no doubt they're going to be to, ready to play.
0: To me, it's score, score doesn't mean as much as performance. Like, again, if you're knocking people off the ball, I want to see how you do it. How do you get to 40 to 10? You know, like, is it is it big? Because we haven't seen a whole lot of uh, big explosive plays. In my memory, you know, that I would have thought we would have had them to see Sarkeesian, you know, offense. Like I want to see some explosive plays. I want to see Bijan bust runs like again did against Kansas State and and Colorado in the year last year. Just just how do we get to 40 to 10? Because I agree with you to to hold them under 10 is what we should be able to do And, and get over 40 is what we should be able to do. But at the same time, I need to see the performance. I need to see the play.
1: You know, Charles brings up here Atlanta, where de- uh, defensive line getting no push, so the linebackers aren't free to scrape or sc- come downhill. Uh, first game, we didn't have a problem with that. That's why you had Demarvin Overshone that had 13 tackles, and you had uh, uh, Brockmire Brock had Brockmire had 10 tackles, and Anthony Cook had a whole bunch of tackles because your your second guys. And again, this is the way Pete Kwiatkowski's defense is going to work is letting these guys eat these blocks and and allow your 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 linebackers. Your athletic linebackers be able to move in space and, and, and make plays. Uh, we didn't have that problem against Louisiana, uh, against uh, Arkansas. Demarvin overshone uh, it, It's you know, on some plays. If you go back and look at it, it looked like he had fallen asleep at the wheel because he wasn't prepared. Like at, at the snap, he wasn't prepared or didn't know where to go moving forward. And, and so, I think it's. I don't think it's a scheme issue versus a a, a player issue. Like honestly, I don't think they played. The way they should have played on Saturday from, uh, from probably what they, you know, they they talk about going back to their training all the time. They should have, you know, we, we trained them specifically on what they were going to see and and somehow, some way on Saturday, they forgot what they were supposed to do. And I, I I think got to get away from that. If you're, if you're teaching something, these, these players need to know it. If they don't know it, get the next guy in there that does know it. Yeah. Trust your training is what they always say. They got to trust your training. And then I front, absolutely. I would love to see these guys get, you know, obviously some, um, you know, TFLs, TFLs and some sacks. I don't we haven't seen enough sacks. And I think this happens every year. We're waiting for these sacks. We're waiting for these sacks. We're a split second short of getting the sack, but we never get them. Uh definitely want to put some TFLs and sacks on the on the on the board this weekend. And then push on the offensive line, zero sacks from our offensive line this weekend. We really need to have a clean game moving forward. Like I said before, uh get some of these younger guys in there to to play some snaps on the on the offensive line as well.
0: Yeah, a lot of comments on the offensive line. I just, I just want to talk about this. That, that, Terry, that was kind of the difference in what I saw, uh, in the game on Saturday was like Clint said, their, their linemen were able to get on our backers where on, in the first game against Louisiana, they didn't. Uh, our defensive line were able to hold down the, the, the linemen at the line of scrimmage to allow those guys to scrape and, and get to where they needed to get to, to make a tackle on a ball carry. It just seemed like this week that, that nobody could get off a block. Consequently, what we felt like in the run game for Texas versus Arkansas was completely different. Like they were they were in gaps with a three-man front and, and their linebackers were were getting into holes and, and knocking Bijan down for you know negative gains and, and 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 short yards, you know, carries. So what they were able to execute, that, that's what it came down to is our rush defense, our rush defense against their rush offense and our rush offense against their rush defense. They were able to block. Our guys with what they had, and our guys weren't able to block them with what we had.
1: Yeah, I, I, you see this too. Uh, play scared, plain and simple. I, you, you can see, it. you can see the deer in the headlights. Look, I'm, 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 and I'm not, I'm not beating them up, but this is a this is a Hudson card issue. A uh, deer in the headlights. 80,000 fans in the middle of Fayetteville, Arkansas, in the middle of the night on ESPN. I felt like instead of running north and south, you run east and west. And the reason you do it is because you don't know what to do. You, you start playing scared. Like, what is the next thing I'm supposed to do? And then it gets beyond the ears, man, into the head. So um, I, I think I think you're right about that. Do I think the entire team played like that? Absolutely not. I think if you go back and you look at the defense, I think our defense is the defense that played in the first half. I think if our defense can consistently play like they did in the first half, we're going to be a good team. If we can get our offense to go the same way we needed our defense to play. Because there's nothing wrong that they, they – you're talking about they were put behind the change, what, three times? I think uh, three and outs, and you're talking about you're giving a team at home 16, 16 points um, after, what, four trips, five trips into the red zone? I'll take that all day, every day. The problem is, is that you've got to get your offense to consistently play the same way that your defense is playing at the same time, and you didn't see that. So I, I think what our defense looks like is what we looked like in the first half, because you go back and look at those first three drives, Arkansas couldn't do anything. We stopped them multiple drives, behind hitting the running backs behind the line, behind the line, behind the line, behind the line. But eventually, again, your offense has to catch up and play football too. Yeah. If they're not I mean, playing football, it's all. go ahead, Jeremy.
0: I mean, we were talking about this. Complimentary football is necessary. Uh, and I don't know that they played scared, but I, I guarantee you they played tight. When you get down 16 nothing, and you're, you're going into somebody's house, an SEC opponent when you're going to that conference, and you're number 15 ranked team in the country, you spot them 16 points in the first half, I think you start to play tight. And your heart rate gets a little bit up because you're anxious to get back in the football game. And you're already worn out because, like you said, you didn't play complimentary football in the first half. So your defense is kind of wasted. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know if they were scared, uh, but they were definitely tight to start the ball game. And in moments, like you said, I think Hudson, you know, had that deer in the headlights look like, where do I go? Where do I go now?
1: So Jeff, Jeff S, Arkansas have having their way with our O-line had more of an impact on the card than the environment. I, I think it's a combination of, uh, but I want you, if you had not had an opportunity to actually go back and, and watch the game again, I want you to slow it down. I want you to slow it down. And, and, and I can tell you, I've watched the offensive plays three times this week, three times. I actually got up Monday. I watched it Monday night, watched it Tuesday night. And then I got up Wednesday morning because I really wanted to see what this offensive looked like. You had three rushers. You had three rushers against five linemen. The pocket, the pocket, if you weren't here for the beginning of the show, he had 4.32 seconds in a clean pocket, average. Let me go back and tell you what some of the other uh, seconds were for some of the other quarterbacks around the country. K.J. Henderson, guy we played against um, in Arkansas. Obviously, we had some kind of pressure because he only had 2.3 seconds. Spencer Rattler, 2.63 seconds. Uh, Bryce Young, you know, playing probably with the best offensive line, best team in the country, uh, 2.56 seconds. Um, Hudson Card had 4.23 seconds. Per drop back, per play, so I, I don't know. I think it was a combination of. I think he got skittish feet. Um, if, if I'm going to talk about the offensive line, I'm going to talk about the offensive line from a run block standpoint because there's no reason that Bijan should have five yards and then 59 yards or 55 yards after contact to get the rest of his yards. Yeah, that's the problem to me. It's working uh, too hard. It's outside zone all day long. I kept telling Jeremy, outside zone on the right side of works. Outside zone on the outside works. Run behind. Engelau and Kerstetter an outside zone, and I promise you this: Bijan just looks more comfortable when he does that. But from an offensive line standpoint, nah, it, it, it's it to me, it was it was a run block when you're talking about offensive line. Yeah, do they have some stuff to clean up on the pass uh, on on the pass block? Absolutely, but uh, against a three three man front, uh, go back and look at it. He 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 was a little shaky. There was some. There were some opportunities for some from for some missed under underneath stuff that he didn't get. Yeah, Kendrick Planton here, I disagree with Jeff. Uh he looked overwhelmed by the entire uh and by the environment. He did. He did. He did. When you got when you got the best running back in the nation that's sitting out in the flats, uh, I'm looking to check out every time. If I can't find something within the first half a damn second, I'm probably looking for B. John Robinson to toss it to him, you know, until they can stop it. Because again, they're dropping eight. So how many guys they got around the line to, to to stop Bijan within the first seven or eight yards? He's probably going to make the first guy miss anyway. Question here: How does how does Card do would do with great blocking versus Arkansas? I, I don't know. I don't know because you you didn't from from a run block standpoint. You know what I'm saying? From a run block standpoint, you want to get the ball. You want to get the the the, the, the run started. So you have to get these eight guys that are sitting back there in coverage. to have to come down. But you didn't have to get them to come down because the five guys, the three down linemen and the two linebackers were were eating uh your lunch in the run game all night all night all night long. So really you couldn't get a run game started, which allowed those guys to drop eight in coverage all night long. So it'd be hard to tell how you would do um, yeah. if if we did have great blocking.
0: You're absolutely right. Like we talk about it every show. Like you establish the run to set up the pass. If you're able to run the football, then that makes it easier to throw. You can't play clogging cover, you can't drop eight guys in coverage. You know, and you don't have you don't have the ability to play all these got exotic plays they were playing on defense because you got to have eight guys in the box to stop Bijan. Again, if you're disappointed in the offensive line, you'd be disappointed in the run blocking. Like Clint said over and over again at this point, like the pass blocking wasn't an issue, which is opposite of what we thought uh, was going to be the problem coming in this year. We felt like we had a good run blocking offensive line. We had to share up our pass rush, but but yeah, that's just the same.
1: TMP said, I haven't, uh, have y'all adjusted your orange tinted, uh, glasses yet? I told y'all Card would be the starter weeks ago, um, and y'all laughed at me. Uh, I said that, uh, that breaking his new, starter new, new starters hard, and y'all weren't hearing it. I can tell you that me and Jeremy were Casey Thompson guys when we begin, begin the season. That's one. Number two, we're always going to support whoever the coach puts out there. I'm not going to be like, okay, he put out Hudson Card out there. I'm not going to watch the games anymore. Um, uh, hell no, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to root for whatever quarterback is playing that game because I'm a winner and I want to win. So I'm, I'm not sure what, what that comment Channel's means watching. to me or, or whose channel you're watching for. Well, I can tell you, we're Casey Thompson guys. We believe Casey Thompson probably should have started from the beginning of the year. Steve Sarkeesian's quarterback whisper. He's a quarterback guy. So if Steve Sarkeesian said Hudson Card's his guy and he fits his scheme the best, um, then hey, we're running with, with, with Hudson Card until, um, he's replaced by, by, which was probably 1B. And as uh, our guy, let me see if I can find it here. Cody Phillips said on Twitter, um, there's a reason that that Sark said uh, he's, he started this week in parentheses. I believe that Cody Phillips said that on, on Twitter, and he can tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's why he put in parentheses uh, this week because th- there was an opportunity that, that if, if he didn't like what he liked in, in Hudson Card, that he was going to make that switch to Casey Thompson. He, and, he, and he put it like that every week just so he could do that. Yeah, I just,
0: I, I just would wonder what channel he's watching because like we said, we've been out front, you know, we thought Casey was going to be the starter in the spring, thought Casey was going to be starter in the fall. We were a bit surprised at the end of fall camp when they said they were naming Hudson. But like you said, we, we support the guy who's who's behind the center, you know, taking snaps at the University of Texas. And, and he played well. I, I, I say well, he, he, he managed the football team against Louisiana uh, and then. Again, you saw Casey come in against Louisiana and score touchdowns. He didn't play very well in the first half against Arkansas. You saw Casey come in late in the third quarter and drive down the team to get points. So that's where we're at. Uh, again, we'll, we'll support Casey Thompson at this point. Again, we thought he was the best man for the job, but we weren't there during fall practice and get to see them you know, play down in, down out. But we'll see what happens.
1: Cody Phillips said, yep. Yeah. I-, I seen it uh, on Twitter a uh, couple of shout outs man to to uh probably I liked more tweets from big krizzle I'm not sure who that guy is man I think he's a he's a some kind of producer there in the Austin area on Twitter. Um, I've probably given him more likes this week on Twitter, uh, so shout out to Big Grizzle. And then we had a, a CW3 that's currently stationed, I think, in Fort Benning with the Ranger Training uh, Ranger Trainer Brigade, right? He's an aviator. Uh, if he's listening to, to us tonight, send it, Jeremy a really, really, really nice email that said he listens to us. Um, he was listening to us up in Spice, I think, at Fort Lewis, and he, he sent Jeremy a really, really, really nice email. I actually showed it to my wife, so we appreciate you listening to us, and, and definitely thank you for that and thank you for your service as well yes it's it's awesome it's very awesome yeah because i don't i don't
0: think that's us man like we we've always been one of those guys who says we don't have intel and and so we would never laugh at at somebody's opinion somebody's going to
1: start like absolutely not so do you think um, i'm just kind of off top question here offensive line do you think that there's a better five players than what we're playing right now do you go back to the colorado game
0: I, i do i but I really thought Christian Jones was going to be the bell cow of this, this offensive line. And, but the guy that's currently behind him on the depth chart under Carrick played really, really well in this, in the last two games of last season. Um, I, I think Tyler Johnson could play as well as Denzel Oak for, I think Jake Majors is your center. I think Junior Angelao is co- going to continue to be that right side of the offensive line along with Derek Kerstetter. Yeah. I think there's a couple of positions where they could probably be as good as, as or, or, could take that job, but I haven't had an opportunity to see him play this year. I don't know why the coaches picked him over the guys that we're talking about, but
1: yeah, I, I, I just go back to, again, I went back again. I watched a lot of film this week. It was either early in the morning or late at night. And I actually went back and watched that Colorado game. Uh, Cause I wanted to go back and watch Casey Thompson. That's what I was actually watching it for. Cause I want to go back and watch Casey Thompson and see what we're moving forward with. You have a tendency to watch the guys that get the job. So I wanted to kind of go back and watch him to, to see what, You know, obviously Tom Herman was running with him. You know, a lot of RPO stuff. It's a lot of RPO stuff. You go back and look at it. It's a lot of run pass option. I think you're going to see Sarkeesian, who's not a run quarterback type of guy. If He he said he's going to put, you know, Casey in a position where he feels comfortable. And I think he's going to do a lot of run pass option stuff. But I looked at the offensive line, man. And I'm telling you that Johnson and Carrick, I just, I got to figure out where they're at right now. And I don't know if Kyle Flood um, is learning a different type of protection or a different type of blocking. Or is it a scheme thing? Is it a between-the-ears thing? But i got to see these guys this weekend against Rice uh, with a combination of new guys to see if, if it's something we need to, to do moving forward.
0: And it, and it does matter. Continuity matters. And, and playing with the guy next to you matters. And so, yeah, Terry, this could be a thing. Jones may be suffering from having Oak Ford beside him. Doesn't trust him in the pass blocking game. I don't know. But Carrick needs to be a tackling, and, and I think Derek Kerstetter could play guard. Derek Kerstetter could play a position on this offensive line. I don't want him to play center. I think he's more, more beneficial out, you know, I think he's more beneficial as a tackle. I would hate to move him into guard, but if you have to, he's probably the most Bush style player on this offensive line, but you're absolutely right. Like there's certain positions on this offensive line that you trust to play well every week. And then there's others that, that you'd like to see somebody get some snaps
1: behind him to see if the guy behind him is better. Yeah. I think it's one of these things. It's like. We got to find some, some guys that are ferocious, man, like, like mad angry. That's where you got to play as an offensive lineman or a defensive line is, is, is to play angry. And I just don't know if all of our guys got that. And you're telling me that you've been around for six years. These six year guys been there for a long time. If, if we're not where we should have been at it, three or four, can we get any better at, at six? Or do I, hey, moving forward, try to play these guys that you, you have some tape on, but I think it, it's important this weekend. To see if it's an opportunity uh to get these guys in and see if they play and put some film on tape, see how they play outside of practice.
0: Yeah, I'd love to have these guys in the program. But again, they're gonna have to see improvement by this offensive line, this, you know, this run game, Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Like these guys are top of the line offensive line. In order to get him here this year, you're gonna have to continue you're gonna have to start playing a little bit better on the offensive line.
1: Just my thoughts. Yeah, Angle out, man. He he go back and watch that game. He 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 had a lot of fun against that Arkansas line. Quite a few times, he's he usually man on man with somebody. Um, a lot of times from that right guard uh, position, but yeah, he's he's nasty. He, he is nasty. Um, him and Kerstetter, him and Kerstetter on that on that side of the on that side of the ball, uh, play really really well together. They so, got really high grades. Angle actually point two on Pro Football Focus. He was the highest graded person on the entire team. Angla was. So
0: maybe in my mind, and I'm not proposing this, but if you feel like you've got two strong guys on the right side. And you don't have as strong guys on the left. Would you consider moving because he played? He has played left guard before. Moving Junior Angellao over there with Christian Jones, and moving Okafor over there beside Kerstetter, or or a combination of both. I'm not. I'm not sure that's an answer, but I would like to see both sides of my line solidified versus having a weak side and a in a in a in a really good side.
1: How long do you think it'll expect to take flood to get the offensive line together? I think he's trying to piece again, what he's looking for in offensive line is different than what I think the, the the past two offensive line coaches were looking for in offensive linemen. From a from a from a uh from a athletic and a size, they're, they're two different types of linemen. Um so I think I think trying to get these guys that you didn't recruit to want to play the way you are, where you're shuffle, shuffle, shoulder, shuffle, shuffle, shoulder, uh, and then move to the next level. I, I don't think these guys were recruited to be able to do the shuffle, shuffle, you know, shoulder move like he's teaching. Um, But I think, I think over time, he's going to have to find those guys that he currently has on a roster or or bring in transfers that that he knows can do what he's looking for. So I think, I think offensive line is probably going to be the hardest. It's probably going to be the, the last, I hate to say it, but the last position to shore up from a football standpoint, just because they have
0: to be able to gel and meld together. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and and I'll be able to watch a lot more of the game on the game because I, I probably won't be hosting that chat this weekend. But we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely going to be looking because guys are saying <laughs> Okafor needs to not move to the right side, but to the bench. So definitely need to spend more time watching the offensive line uh, this 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 weekend.
1: Vicente Gonzalez, this is where everybody wants to be at heading into OU weekend. Uh, hopefully we can get to form one heading into OU weekend. Uh, we're all, all hoping to be there, uh, one game at a time. Let's get through Rice, Texas Tech, TCU in, in, in Fort Worth. And, and then we'll, we'll hopefully be form one when we get to Oklahoma.
0: This is a good point, Glenn. Like we talked about this in, the, in the spring. Uh, really no excuse for the O line. We went for seven linebacker prospects out of the portal. If you know what you wanted, you should have planned for the pre, for the preseason, for this preseason. I actually agree with you because I, I think we brought that up more than once. Like we weren't sure what the offensive line had and we felt like that was a position to need along with the linebacker. And, and maybe you could have taken five linebackers, two offensive line, or four, four linebackers, three offensive linemen. But yeah, that's how it worked. Uh, but yeah, this kid is nasty. Like Cole Hudson makes kids do backflips. He's, he's nasty up at Frisco. So yeah, we need those guys in this, in this, in this program. Guys like Clint's talking about with Angolau, like get to the second level and and destroy people. Yeah, Cole Hudson's pretty nasty. Uh, Like I said, I've seen him make kids do backflips off the defensive line.
1: Same thing with Connor. Same thing with Connor. um, And and I think that's what you have to move forward. You know, especially um, you know uh, taking a lot of shit from SEC fans this week was was pretty rough too. Man, I'm like a uh, trying to pick up blitzing linebackers. On our comments this week, um, after that post game show <laughs> was kind of fun. So, um, that's what you need to be. I can tell you, me and Jermaine are going to have to prepare ourselves for, for going to the SEC. If we're going to keep this, this show around, because I can tell you the SEC fans are definitely bigger, definitely different than the Big 12 fans. They, Big 12 fans, they rarely ever came into your comments after a loss. We probably out of the 8,500 views we had on our, on our, on our pregame, our post game, um, I would probably say that half of those were probably Arkansas fans. <laughs> I right. pop. I'll pop this
0: up here, but if you got something else you want to talk no, about,
1: no, I think it was good to get back to this. It's been it's been a rough, I think, a rough uh, week for both me and you from work standpoint. So trying to get in here on Thursday night and, and and talk a little bit about this this game, talk a little bit about the the quarterback situation, and talk a little bit about uh, the defense. Um, it, it's something we got to do, you know. Um, but definitely excited about this game this weekend. Uh, got a seven o'clock start there in, in DKR. Um, I think it's on the Longhorn Network um, this weekend. Uh, More to follow if we're going to do a live game chat um, this weekend. I'll I'll let Jeremy decide if he wants to do that or not. Uh, Sometimes it's hard for him to kind of go through those comments, you know, and at the same time be – you know, watching the game the way he wants to watch the game. That's why I've already told him that I'm not going to do it. Y'all please hit that video, hit that like button. We'd appreciate it. If you have not subscribed to the channel, please hit that subscribe button. Um, You can find us on Facebook at Texas football talk on Instagram at Texas football talk and on Twitter at TX football talk. And we will actually have this on. I think we're going to use this one. uh, We'll be on our podcast this week on the Texas football talk podcast. You can find it as part of the pigskin podcast network, and you can find it on uh, any really uh platforms. We appreciate you listening as always. And we got a 499 Super Chat here. Hook them. Good content as always. Uh We try to put out as much content as we can during the week, but we appreciate you, uh, J-Bow, for that 499 Super Chat. Thank you as always. So y'all have a wonderful rest of your evening. We'll see you on Saturday and hook them.
0: Hook them.